We love companies that save you money and companies that are trying to save the world and make it a better place. And Ball Aerospace and Technology is doing that right now. They're hiring. They've been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got a corporate equality index score of 100% because your background, whatever it may be, doesn't matter. It's not going to prevent you from being successful at their manufacturing plant in Golden. Right now, they're looking for folks with some technical and mechanical skills. They're hiring at over $26 per hour. You have opportunity for raises, 6, 12, 18 months, etc. Comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire. Text Golden to 77222 to get linked to all their open positions or go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD will improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD and CBG and can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, whatever you need. Their CBD infused coffee has got me feeling great since it helps with chronic headaches, joint pain, so much more. And plus, I don't have those coffee jitters you get if you're doing three, four cups a day, which is the way I've been doing it and the way I've been doing it today with, with the news that we've got to discuss. But right now, you can get 25% off your first purchase at Strava Craft Coffee when you use code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. Joining me today is a good friend, two-timer, second time on the show, Graham, Mr. Noah Yingling of Rocks Pile. What's going on, buddy? Not much. And I always love talking baseball and I love talking about baseball with you, Patrick Lyons. Thank you, Noah. I appreciate that. How many cups of coffee are you up to today? Are you a big coffee drinker? I am not, but I have had my f- fair share of caffeine today. So, how many cans of Coke? Let's let's we gotta I be open have honest here. A Coke Zero here. This is my second of the day. Okay, not bad for the big news that we have to talk about with MLB's lockout. We're, let's save that for right now because there is a little bit of Rockies news. And you know what? We don't want to start things off on a damper. We, we don't want to start with the disappointment. The big news of the day, at least to me, to a degree, is, hey, the Hartford Yard Goats were honored by baseball reference as baseball's top double-A franchise. How about that? That's something. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's something that the Rockies will tell you and – you can see obviously with their records as well that the Rockies mainly their talent is lower in the minor leagues. It's starting to get up to Hartford, but it's not really in Albuquerque yet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something good to see, especially when, I mean, just a few years ago, a, they didn't have a team and B they didn't even have a home park that they could play at. Cause they had to play on the road for a year. We love Albuquerque. We've got great connections with our Isotopes family, but the Argos are getting a lot of press. We had Susie Hunter on earlier this week. Go and check out that episode on DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. We talked with Jeff Dooley a couple weeks back, so Hartford Yard Goats doing big things. But seriously, Rockies free agents right before the lockout business sounded like they were kicking the tires on not only Trevor Story, their guy. We know that probably isn't going to work out, though, of course, they would love to bring him back. The price were right. But kicking the tires around on Mr. Chris Bryant, what are your thoughts on that? Where would he fit in best on this roster, or would he fit in? Yes, he would fit in, obviously. But what were your thoughts on that when you first heard the rumors about Bryant to the Rockies? Um, My first thought was, okay, well, first off, you have to read into the tweets from the different beat writers. So true. Or uh, the columnists and – okay, the Rockies are heavily engaged in talks is different than the Rockies are interested. I mean, they're interested in Mike Trout too, but I mean, Mike Trout is not going to be a member of the 2022 Rockies. So uh, you kind of have to read read between the lines on it. But for Bryant in particular, he would be a fit for the Rockies in so many ways other than finances because I don't think the Rockies are going to be comfortable enough to go to what he's going to want probably six seven years if it's six years maybe 160 or so million I don't think the Rockies are going to be willing to pay that but he's versatile which 
as we all know, the Rockies love their versatile players. He can play third. He can play the outfield spots. He's played first a little bit. And also, too, he would, when he's healthy, which he has had some injury issues, but when he is healthy, he would be the best bat in the Rockies lineup. So you want to fix the outfield. He can play the outfield. You want to fix the offense. He can help the offense. But, again, financially, I'm not quite sure if the Rockies will be willing to go that far in length and in the amount of money. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Six years, 160 is probably his ballpark. Of course, his agent, Scott Boris, is probably looking to go seven years and get a little bit more of average annual value. I mean, you look at the deal that Marcus Simeon got for a guy who's 31 years old, a little little bit older, a couple years older than Chris Bryant. You got to think, yeah, Bryant could get seven years out on this market, so he'd be a good fit. And as you said, financially, that's a lot of money. Would it be better better fit for someone like our buddy Aaron here in the chat. If you're watching live on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment or a question. You could get Kyle Schwarber and maybe even Jorge Soler or a second bat for the same cost of one in Chris Bryant. Yeah. And that's, that's something the Rockies have to consider. And for Schwarber, I mean, his, his value has gone up a lot in the last year. Cause I mean, he got a one year deal. And now he's probably going to get a four, maybe five-year deal. But also, too, in 2020, he if you look at his OPS+, plus, he had an OPS plus of 88. And in 2021, it was 148. So that, assuming it's that number of 148, that would be by far the Rockies' best bat. But also, too, he only played in 113 games. Would that go down if he played 150 or so but i mean even still 2019 he played in 155 games and he had an ops of ops plus i should say of 122 which still that would be probably second on the rockies in 2021 so and you look at some others michael conforto could be a target cheaper yeah and he's probably only going to get a one or two year deal kind of to reestablish his market and there's so there's Solaire. There's a few others that have already signed that could have been targets: Darling Marte, Marcana, um, Avicel Garcia. But there's that's something the Rockies have to determine: is okay, do we want higher quality or do we want more quantity? Of okay, we can get three guys for the price of one and spread them out a little bit more. Put all your eggs in one basket versus diversifying which which yep. is a big one i think the concern for me with a guy like kyle schwarber is if the universal dh is not a part of this next cba and we'll talk about some of the different new rule changes that could be coming about in this next collective bargaining agreement but without that dh it definitely is concerning obviously charlie blackman's in right field another year older does have a player option and he has already said that he's going to pick that up in 2023 so all right but he's he's on his way out so it's not a big deal if you've got him there in the lineup to worry about let's say or to not be alleviated with the with the stress that uh can come from him playing right field if you've got the dh but cj crone is also there and he was healthy and for the most part in all of 2021 so you've got those two guys okay that's just the right amount uh, to to guard against injury and just age and wear and tear, in addition to just resting Ryan McMahon for a day or Brendan Rodgers for a day and leaving him in the lineup. But now if you bring in a big bat and a guy without a, a true position, essentially at this point in Kyle Schwarber, you could be painting yourself into a corner. And the thing with Schwarber too, that the Rockies definitely wouldn't use him every day there, but they would at least have the knowledge that he has been a catcher before. And you and I both know that as, up until this year, really for the last decade, the Rockies have had somebody on their roster that could function as a third catcher where they were, or, or like for Tony Walters, Walters could catch, but also he could play the infield positions or they had a position player that could also catch. I mean, in the last decade, they've had 
Willeen Rosario, uh, Jordan Pacheco. They've had, by the way, Pacheco is, he was actually in the news recently as he's right. going to be hitting coach for the Isotopes next year. Um, but Willeen Rosario, Matt McBride. Um, so really for the last decade, they've had somebody that, okay, if for some reason we need a third catcher, we have one. Or sometimes they've actually carried a third catcher. So that's something that could be in the back of their mind too of that, again, that versatility of, okay, Schwarber, I mean, he's not the greatest offense uh, outfield defender in the world, but he can play left, he can play right, he can play first in a pinch, he could catch if we really needed him to. Pinch, that would be also, that would be a pinch for sure, I think, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he, it's been a couple of years, I think, maybe since he's, He's been behind the plate, but we remember those days of we remember the Drew Butera era, of of three catchers and, and in fact yep. last year I'm not sure who their emergency third catcher was. They they went the entire season with only two catchers for only the second time in franchise history. I know it was Kurt Manwaring. It might have been 1995 perhaps, but uh, uh, ultimately they they did a good job. They were healthy. I think I think Garrett Hampson might have been that guy. He might have been the emergency. Backup yeah. catcher, if you remember, I think I might have that right. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I wouldn't be surprised by that, considering his versatility and all that. Yeah, speaking of versatility, Trevor Story, career shortstop, but one of those other rumors that started getting kicked around a little bit. And again, if we did not have this lockout, we could be talking right now about Trevor Story signing with the team. Of course, the lockout creating a deadline to increase more free agents to sign and teams to be more willing. But it did come out that the Seattle Mariners did have some interest. Again, expressed interest is very vague. Uh, to my knowledge, the Colorado Rockies are not uninterested in my services as a utility player, as the 26 men off the bench. You could tweet that out and it would be factual. But yeah. got to take things in context. Got to read between the lines. Story to the Mariners would likely mean him moving over to third base uh, to compliment J.P. Crawford over at shortstop. And there's been some other teams too. I, I remember I had an article in July just before the trade deadline where there were some teams that were considering using him as, as a center fielder. And I believe the number one team that was considering him as a center fielder was the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, they made the playoffs and then right before the lockout, they made a trade trading their center one of their center fielders jackie bradley jr back to boston but at the time for the brewers lorenzo kane was injured jackie bradley was hitting something like 170 so they were trying to get some offense into their lineup so that was something they did consider and with story two at least in the infield he did play second and third in the minors but he has never played center field so I, I think that's less likely that that's going to happen. But, I mean, it's happened before where, okay, we have a shortstop and let's move the guy to third base. I mean, you know, being from the New York, New Jersey area, 2004, A-Rod and Derek Jeter. Oh, we have a shortstop in Jeter, which honestly, they probably should have moved Jeter, but that are there. You're right. <laughs> but they moved A-Rod to third base. Yeah, that, that that obviously was the most notable one of having two shortstops. Who are you going to move in? The captain, the franchise guy. You're going to leave him at, at shortstop. But, you know, there was even conversation at some point for Jeter about moving him to the outfield and if he would be a good fit in center field, similar to that Robin Yount mold. Uh, I believe the, the only player in MLB history to win an MVP uh, at two different positions was a shortstop with the Brewers, then went out to play some center field. So... Uh, I think that would be an interesting, you know, comp for story. Maybe even Ian Desmond, who was a guy who had a lot of power out of that shortstop position, you know, did play outfield in 2016 before he joined the Rockies, uh, was an all-star in left field for the Texas Rangers. So that would be an interesting fit for him to move around and almost become somewhat of a super utility guy. And as crazy as it may seem that a team would want to do that, oh, yeah, Look at DJ LeMahieu's career since he's left Colorado and how yep. valuable he's been to a somewhat struggling Yankees roster 
who's needed to have him bounce around. He even played shortstop for a couple games at the end of last season when Glaber Torres wasn't getting the job done. So story at third base and in center field for the Mariners or someone else, it can happen. Never say never. And also another example of it in the past was with Cal Ripken Jr. He was getting older. He was playing shortstop. And they moved him to third base because the Orioles in, I believe it was 97, acquired Mike Bordick. And they thought, okay, he's not as great offensively, but he's a better defending shortstop than Ripken. So let's move Ripken over to third because, again, he was getting older at the time. He was in his mid to late 30s. But he, they decided, hey, we're going to move our guy who's played over 2,000 straight games at shortstop, and let's move him over to third. Yeah, Mike Bordick is not a name that gets dropped very frequently on this show or any others. So people, <laughs> he, he's not even really in the hall of very good. He's in the hall of very good defenders. Yeah. But that that's an interesting wrinkle in, in baseball history is that Cal Ripken was moved over for Mike Bordick. And yes, when his streak ended, it was to play a guy named Ryan Miner. But, you know, we there are those little footnotes in history, but a, a major move like that, moving Ripken over to third base for Mike Bordick, not not a, a household name and a name I haven't heard of very frequently. He's a good player. I, I did enjoy watching him tail end of his career to a degree. And we enjoy you guys coming down to the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York for all of our fantastic watch parties. Nuggets and halves are popping off. CSU Rams got to get down to the bar. They're kind of the team right now. Not football. They, they got a coaching change, a little different. But the basketball team, David Roddy, we had a new shirt that just dropped. Check it out at the dnvrlocker.com. You know, with an annual membership, you get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. And if you just, just want to test it out for the first month, 50 cents. Can't beat that at the dnvr.com. Exclusive interviews articles we got a members only discord so you don't have to worry about politics or a-holes you can talk directly to host and other diehard fans like yourself extra raffle tickets when you're at the watch parties and maybe best of all a bigger beer when you come down to the dnvr bar and you get great discounts like at snooze mattress and snoozesleep.com their snooze flip mattress is the most universal on the planet it's a mattress designed to fit every body it's the world's first four-in-one mattress that's right you can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. You can flip it to choose your comfort level and then zip it with their reversible and washable temperature regulated cover. What you want today may not be what your body needs tomorrow. Keep that in mind. That's why they do back with 122 year warranty. It's made by Colorado and designed for the world. So use code DNVR when you visit snoozesleep.com to receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base when using code DNVR at snoozesleep.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's really that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. That's where you combine multiple bets from the same game and get an even bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And I think best of all, it's that you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, as they always have since 1924, every game, you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, Noah, a couple weeks back, month back, because it was before the free agent frenzy began, I think they were maybe the seventh longest shot, right? They were like 23rd ranked. The Detroit Tigers, I said, hey, put a couple bucks on the Tigers to win the World Series. And they've looked pretty good since then, acquiring Tucker Barnhart as a catcher, Eduardo Rodriguez, now Javi Baez. They're starting to spend some money. And so those teams that have stunk for a while, Orioles, Pirates, Marlins, they are they're on the upswing right now. And that's with the Tigers. Uh, the funny thing is most fan bases 
would have been happy getting Javier Baez. Yeah. Okay. He's better than Nico Goodrum. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's a controversial take. So, but the thing is the Tigers fans really weren't because all the rumors surrounding Carlos Correa. Now, could they get Correa and move Baez the second or third? I mean, the, the Rangers just did that with Seager and Simeon, but also too, Al Avila said, and probably definitely one of the top five quotes of the off season is him saying, we're not going to spend like drunken sailors this off season. So if I had to bet money on them getting Carlos Correa at this point, I would have to say no. But as we know, it's baseball. So, I mean, things could change. Who knows? Maybe Carlos Correa overplays his market or maybe the lockout lasts up until spring training and he has to find somewhere to sign. So he signs a one or two year deal. But there, there are a lot of those teams, Tigers, the Marlins, the Pirates have made a few moves. Uh, they, they traded away Jacob Stallings, but they did a, a sign Roberto Perez, who was also another very good defensive catcher. Um, and there have been a few other teams that have made some really good moves too. But I, I think it's the Rangers really thus far in the offseason. I mean, they lost 102 games last year. And, I mean, they spent half a billion dollars between two players. And who knows? They, they got John Gray, they got Cole Calhoun, but there have been talks that other people could be going there once the lockout ends. Clayton Kershaw could be one. Rockies fans would love that because they wouldn't have to face him anymore. Well, and they might have to face him if he started one of the, I believe, two games they're playing in 2022 against the Rockies, but obviously a lot less than usual. So, But also, too, Kershaw is from Texas. But Trevor Story is from Texas, and obviously he's not going at least to Arlington anymore. Could go to Houston, but he's not going to be going to Arlington. We, we need to expand the circle on that of, of being a hometown guy because John Gray was really – he was about three and a half hours away from yeah. you know uh, his neighborhood in, in Chandler, Oklahoma. So he, that's a lot closer than, than, uh, than Coors Field. And, and Las Vegas also, too. Not very close to Coors Field if we're yeah. going to dip into the geography. But I'll say this. If Alavila, Tigers GM, said that spending over $200 million, I guess they're, they haven't spent like a drunken sailor between the Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez deal because those two are, are – that's over about $210 million. So – and the Rockies are fiscally responsible. Ergo, they can afford Chris Bryant. At least – if if we're gonna if we're gonna say that all teams and, and all GMs are speaking in the same parlance, okay, sure, maybe that could happen. Well, in theory, the Rockies should have been able to sign Mark Melanson, of course, the Colorado native, and who he's been in the NL West for a long time with a few different teams, and now he's going to add another one to his resume in the Diamondbacks. He only got two years and fourteen million. And I actually had an article about him on Rock's Pile about how he would be a fit because of his ground ball rate. His ground ball rate in the last, I believe it's been, I believe it's since 2019, has been 56% or higher. And those pitchers are the pitchers that do best at Coors Field. And of course, being from Colorado, those pitchers usually pitch well at altitude because... I, I know this, I'm breaking news here, but they pitched at altitude before because they live in Colorado. So it's attitude, not altitude. I think, I don't know if anyone's ever true. said that you can use that. Go ahead. You can use that. No, if, <laughs> if you need to. So the, the Rockies should have been able to sign him if they wanted him. Who knows? Maybe they offered him a deal and they, he didn't want to accept, but he's going to the Diamondbacks, which is the second highest team in altitude in the majors and it was a cheap deal two years 14 million it's not a lot and i mean for comparison daniel bard the rockies just re-signed him for next season and he's getting i believe 4.4 million so melanson's going to be getting 7 million and he led the nl in saves last year that deal worked out real well for him he, he did sign essentially like a two-year deal with the padres last year and opted out, he would have gotten additional $8 million after the buyout. And 
think he did well to know his market, as you said, leading uh, the NL in, in saves. And so he, he turns that $8 million into 14. Another guy I know you guys have highlighted a lot over at Rock's Pile. He signed with the Phillies on a one-year $10 million deal. I was a little surprised with how much that was. But again, you pay more for less years. So yeah. Corey Knable goes to Philly. And that would have been a guy that I know you and Kevin Henry have, you know, you guys really banging the drum on him as, as far as being a, a great fit for the Rockies and their bullpen this season. Yeah. And he was a guy that was kind of on our radar of, okay, we'll look at the free agents of, okay, this guy, he pitched well. Oh, this guy didn't have a good season or, oh, this guy had a good season. But for example, for a pitcher, oh, he has a ground ball rate of 20%. Okay. The Rockies probably aren't going to look at him because playing at Coors Field, again, those guys you usually don't do well. But Knebel was one of those guys where he had the high uh, higher ground ball rate. It was, I believe, forty five percent, and it was mentioned too. It was we we like I said, we were thinking about him as a possible fit, but then we saw Thomas Harding's article on MLB.com, which I'm not sure if you'd be able to find that now because of the lockout that's a story that we could possibly get into but he said the Rockies are looking at a few different pitchers Melanson was one of them and Knable was another and they were uh, they essentially said they were looking at the fit for them so yeah that both of them were guys that at least on paper should have been good fits for the Rockies but in the last 24 hours or so they both signed and again on Knable too like you said I'm really surprised it was one year and 10 million especially since he has been injured a lot recently but the phillies need bullpen help they do yeah some of the other names that got signed that we'll get to before talking about the, the cba what's going on with this lockout what do both sides want what kind of changes might we see you had Cubs signing marcus stroman that came out of nowhere three years 71 million dollars he does have an opt-out after a second year dodgers resigned chris taylor Four years, sixty million with incentives could go up to seventy-three million. Is if between those two deals, is there one that you liked a little bit more than another? Noah Stroman to the Cubs, Taylor goes back to the Dodgers. I I like the Taylor deal more. Um, Stroman can be a really good pitcher, and, and he has been a really good pitcher. It's just he, it's the Mets. They don't get any run support. I mean, look at Jacob Degrom. So, but but for Taylor especially from a Rockies perspective. And I actually had an article on rocks pile today about it of Taylor was such a good fit for the Rockies. And same thing with Bryant where he's versatile. Taylor obviously wouldn't be as good of a bat as Bryant and Taylor is actually more versatile than Bryant, but he, he would be such a good fit that he would have been such a good fit for the Rockies in that four years, 60 million. It's, I mean, it's not that big of a deal considering that Corey Seager just signed for five times that amount, more than five times that amount monetarily. So, but Taylor would have been the Rockies guy where oh, they want versatility. Okay, he can play everywhere. And not to mention the Dodgers wouldn't be getting him. And that would have been another blow to the Dodgers, losing Seager, losing Scherzer. And... Also, too, I mean, you look at the Dodgers and their rotation right now. We were talking last year of, oh, wow, they've got the deepest rotation in baseball and all that. Now they don't. Yeah, the rotation is is hurting right now. David Price, of course, you know, Walker Bueller is at the front of that, Julio Urias, but it doesn't go much deeper than that. They've got a guy right now uh, on the naughty boy list. Uh, that yes. they're paying a lot of money to right now. So you're right there. They're hurting. And we know how valuable those utility players can be, uh, especially when you saw how important Kike Hernandez was for Boston, another former exactly. Dodgers utility player. So those are good fits. And then a couple other uh, interesting ones. Jordan Lyles, former Rockies starting pitcher, signs with Baltimore, one year, $7 million. Not too bad. Uh, Red Sox acquired Jackie Bradley Jr., mentioned him a few minutes ago for two prospects in exchange for Hunter Renfro, who will be going to the Brewers. And Boston also signs Rich Hill for one year at $5 million. For Jordan Lyles, I, 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 he is, is so interesting in that 
I mean, as we both know with the Rockies, he was, um, to put it nicely, not good. Um, and I was reminded of a tweet that we had when the Rockies faced Lyles for the first time in April. And he, uh, this is what it was. Um, more than a thousand pitchers have made 150 career starts. Lyles was at 157 at the time. Only four have had an ERA of 520 or higher. And Lyles was one of those four. So that uh, he's essentially just been a, in, 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 an innings eater, if I could actually get it out, an innings eater for the Rangers, for a few other teams as well, since he's left the Rockies. But they haven't been, I, he's, he's not that good of a pitcher. I mean, he's 54 and 79 with a 521 ERA. Now he has 182 starts, but the Orioles, as we both know, and everybody in baseball knows, they're an awful team. They're just trying to find somebody that'll get some innings for them. And that's what he did for the Rangers in 2021, is he had 180 innings, which I believe led their team. But he led the majors and earned runs, and he led the majors in home runs allowed. But still, good for him. He, he got a deal, and he's going to make probably over $40 million in, in his career, having an ERA of five and a quarter. I mean, that five and a quarter ERA isn't bad in 1999 in the steroid era, but now that's that's not a great ERA. I mean, his ERA plus is probably somewhere in the low 80s, I would guess probably 80 to 85. So, I mean, that's 15 to 20% below league average. And he's still, he's still getting paid. There's money, there's money going around and and we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about Justin Verlander's money that it seems as if he signed with the Astros, except he isn't. We'll explain why. And a lot of that has to do with a beef between the players and the owners and well if we're talking about beef we have to talk about hassle cattle company because they've got that damn good beef and it's so damn good that now hassle cattle company wagyu beef is served right at the corner of colfax new york at the dnvr bar we couldn't resist putting this delicious beef in our bar you can get all the toppings you want while enjoying the watch parties or just hanging out on a random tuesday evening whatever you want with the finest beef around you can also get yours at home delivered to your house at hasslecattlecompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. But make sure you use code DNVR15. It's a special holiday discount for 15% off your entire purchase at hasslecattlecompany.com with code DNVR15. You're saving some money with that. And you know what? We love companies that save you money and companies that are trying to save the world and make it a better place. And Ball Aerospace and Technology is doing that right now. They're hiring. They've been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got a corporate equality index score of 100% because your background, whatever it may be, doesn't matter. It's not going to prevent you from being successful at their manufacturing plant in Golden. Right now, they're looking for folks with some technical and mechanical skills. They're hiring at over $26 per hour. You have opportunity for raises, 6, 12, 18 months, etc. Comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire. Text Golden to 77222 to get linked to all their open positions or go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. It is holiday season. If you don't know what to get someone as a gift, stocking stuffer, or even as a white elephant gift in a competition, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee that you're going to win every way around it. It's called the Performance Package, and inside you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Liquid Formulations, as well as two free gifts. It's going to help you be the ballsiest gift giver this holiday season with Manscaped by using code DNVR for free shipping, more importantly, 20% off. Well, as Mark asks in our chat, if you're watching live on YouTube, if a lockout continues until spring training, then there won't be any signings all offseason. Correct. Then ultimately, we've got the offseason and spring training simultaneously. Now, there's been instances where players are reporting to camp and there might be one or two guys still hanging around. I think I can remember Johnny Damon going to the Tigers 
you know, over a decade ago, still being one of those free agents. But yeah, ultimately teams will be scrambling with players reporting for spring training to get ready for the start of the season. And all the while that bags and trucks will be going down to Arizona and Florida, there will be players signing here and there. And every day at, at, at camp, there's going to be a new face walking through that clubhouse potentially. And I mean, if you look to the last work stoppage, 94, 95, I mean, they didn't have transactions for the better part of, I believe it was what, eight months or so. Yeah. Cause it was from August to late March. So they, they were starting spring training a week or so after that. So it was just the frenzy of, okay, everybody sign. So that's, that's how, uh, that's right when the Rockies got Bill Swift and Larry Walker. And of course the Rockies got to the postseason in 95, but that's, that's something where the free agents that are left on the market, they're, uh, they're kind of in a rock between uh, they're a rock in a hard place right now because, okay, if the lockout ends next week, okay, we're fine. But if the lockout ends March 31st, okay, you're going to have games impacted regular season games because you have to have a little bit of a spring training and okay. If we get a week to sign or roughly a week before spring training, there's going to be guys like Correa and story and all that that are going to have to scramble to find a team. So that's why you had so many players signing before the lockout where, Hey, I don't want to be in that limbo of where am I going? And I have to relocate across the country with my wife and kids in a week. And not to mention, I have to relocate across the country, but I'm training in Florida instead of Arizona or vice versa. So that's why a lot of players said, eh, I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather, while the lockout happens, I can, I can get my family situated wherever. Yeah, there's no business because of this lockout. And because a player like Justin Verlander, who for whatever reason, I don't know if it was physicals, or if it was having to do something with the 40-man roster, his deal didn't officially get done. His two-year, $50 million deal, an option after the first year, didn't actually get finalized. So he's just hanging in limbo now, of course. Uh, I don't see any reason why that, that's going to fall apart. Nick Martinez, uh, a kid who signed with the San Diego Padres, a reliever, kind of had the same situation where a deal was announced, but it wasn't finalized because once the lockout began last night, that's it. There's no business as usual. Teams may be talking behind the scenes about trades. Not a great look, but those would be the most hush-hush. There's not going to be any hint of any rumors at that point because the whole point of this is to say that the, the business side and the player side are completely separate. And, and that's what this is about. It's about $11 billion in revenue, Noah. And I've, I've got to know what how do you, how are you feeling right now when you woke up this morning knowing, okay, we are entering a, a world that hasn't existed in, in 26 years. In a way it's, it's kind of familiar because I mean, we've had off seasons before where nothing happens until late January, early February, but also too, I, since I was up at midnight last night, as most people in the baseball world were, Oh yeah. I was like, oh, I, I didn't think that I didn't think about that because like for example, MLB.com. Yeah. You want to see uh you wanted to go back to an article on a player that uh, that some MLB.com beat writer had a few days ago? Sorry. Hopefully you remember the title of it. You might be able to find it on Google, but I, you aren't gonna be able to find it. You want to use the film film room? Sorry, out of luck. And you just you look at the sites and they're uh, any essentially anything with a current player wiped clean. You, you can see the roster of the players, but you want to see their picture. Sorry, find it somewhere else. And yeah, that was a strange wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. I, you want you wouldn't think about it right away, but it does make sense because a they're part of the MLP MLBPA, not the MLB, but also too. And I actually had this in an article on Call to the Pen, our sister site, which covers all MLB stuff. If you remember back for the 94-95 strike, 
there were replacement players at the very end they were thinking of using. And if those players later made it to the majors, they could not join the Players Association. So if, for example, if you were like me growing up in the early to mid-2000s, and you happen to play a video game with, for example, Kevin Millar, who was a replacement player, he was not in said game. He was, for example, in MVP Baseball 2005, he was Anthony Freese. Anthony Freese does not exist, but he was just the placeholder for Kevin Millar. Also, too, those players, if they happen to win a World Series, Millar didn't. They could not be part of the World Series commemorative merchandise because they were not part of the Players Association. Yeah, that was the case with Damian Miller in, in 2001 with the Arizona Diamondbacks, where it was, it was the same thing. And so now, instead of replacing the players, we're just replacing their images with just gray avatars. So yep. it, it's still happening, right? Yep, and that's that's what happened with some of the games. They would just use a a fake name and just a blank avatar. And some of them, like with Kevin Millar, I, I assume you've seen Kevin Millar before. He is not an African-American. And Anthony Freeze was an African-American they had in the game. So they completely changed everything. Now, this was a different circumstance, but Barry Bonds was, I believe he was part of the MLBPA, but they he didn't want to be used in video games. Yeah. So after 2003, they replaced him with a guy who is a Caucasian guy named John Dowd. Or in 2006 and seven, they replaced him with a guy named Reggie Stocker. He didn't want to be in video games, so he wasn't there. So essentially, it's the same thing of, okay, uh, now in that case, they used a completely different name, but they just used a blank avatar of, okay, this is the placeholder for this guy. Yeah, that was a that was a very interesting wrinkle. Uh, immediately seeing that MLB is kind of scrub clean all these players. And, and we can't even go back to, if you look, if you pull up the 2022 schedule, you can like scroll back to look at 2021. Those games are not there available to watch on MLB TV. So that's, there's, there's a lot to unpack with that. Let's take a question from uh, our chat, Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers to play first base. Now, my, uh, Max Muncy, some news did just come out that he had a UCL strain. So he's a little bit banged up. Bryant also to the Dodgers. And then Justin Turner is going to be the DH. I think we've got a Dodgers fan here that has invaded our DNVR Rockies podcast. And, and oh, really? And I never would have guessed that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the Freddie Freeman thing again. Talk about again. A deal has to get done in order to go forward. That's what we're dealing with the Players Association and what we're dealing with the with the league and the thirty teams. And until that deal gets done, nothing's finalized. Same thing with Freddie Freeman. Until Atlanta locks him up, he wants to go back. But I think here in town in, in Denver, we know what it means when a player loves where they're where they came up, where they spent their entire career. They love that city. They love playing for that team. But at the end of the day, they go elsewhere either for more money or just a better situation for him and his family. And so until Freddie Freeman does sign that dotted line with Atlanta, maybe, maybe he he could go to the Dodgers. And one team that has been rumored with Freddie Freeman as well, and I find it a very intriguing fit, is the Toronto Blue Jays. We, I mean, we all know that their offense was just phenomenal in 2021. And seemingly it was all uh, sons of former MLB players. Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They didn't play in the majors, but brother in the majors, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, Kevin Biggio, and I, they have Roger Clemens' son in the minor leagues. Mark Fridzelanik's son played with them, too, in the minors a couple of years back as well. Yeah. So the thing is, though, with Freddie Freeman, I mean, he would play first base, and they would have to either move Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to third, or they could DH him. But Freddie Freeman is a dual citizen between U.S. and Canada because his parents are from Canada. He was born in California and he's lived in the States for most of his life. But again, his family's from Canada. So if they give him enough money, especially since he is a Canadian citizen, that's less logistical stuff. The blue Jays would have to go through. He could be a fit there. 
Yeah, I could, I could see something like that possibly working out. We know Guerrero Jr. had uh, lost some weight in previous offseason to get himself in a better condition. So, you know, do they give him that opportunity to move back across the diamond to play some third base in DH? That could be. All right, so with the collective bargaining agreement, it's about money. We know that. But there are also, there are also some interesting wrinkles for rules, right, that, that have been coming out. Have there been anything, uh, and maybe, maybe we start with the postseason getting expanded, but have there been anything that you've heard about that have been proposed by either side that could make for just better overall gameplay or just make the sport more enjoyable? Should they, you know, add that to the next CBA? Um, Rob Manfred said uh, in his letter last night that has been uh, essentially widely panned that there was a few things that they they essentially didn't want, but they were willing to give in to, to the Players Association. And one of them was the DH. I kind of thought eh, both sides have pretty much agreed on that where Manfred said, we didn't really want that, but we were willing to give in to that. I think that's something that it's it's long overdue in the National League. And I mean, it creates essentially 15 more jobs for DHs where, now, for example, the Rockies are not going to sign Nelson Cruz. They probably should, but they have said that they don't want a strict DH guy, assuming the DH comes to the NL. But, Nelson Cruz, in theory, has 15 other jobs where he wouldn't have that under the current rules. And he could really help some team because, I mean, he's he's one of the best offensive players in baseball. But in the last three or four years, he's played 10 innings in the field. That's it. So he could be a big offensive player for, uh, like I said, the Rockies uh, should be a fit, but that that's not going to happen. The team I wouldn't be surprised if the DH comes to the NL to get him is Nelson Cruz because their GM is AJ Preller. Of course, the Padres need more offense, but AJ Preller was in Texas when Nelson Cruz was in Texas. So there's a, there's a fit there with that, but there was that. There's a few other things that I was surprised that were not talked about. Uh, at least in the letter. And one of them is pitch clock. I thought that there, that may be brought up. And maybe it was, it's just Manfred didn't mention it. But for, uh, there was the DH. Uh, he said, quote, we tried to create some uh, momentum by offering to accept the universal designated hitter and to create a new draft system using a lottery similar to other leagues. And then the competitive balance tax um but the the rule wise uh, it was the dh that i kind of found interesting but some of the other things like the draft lottery i think would be very interesting to see in baseball yeah that i I can see that being incredibly successful the the dh part uh i I put it in my article that went up this morning on the dnvr.com if you're subscribed of course you uh you have free access to that otherwise 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. I, I did include in there a piece about the universal DH being you know utilized as leverage because we saw during 2020, look, the teams wanted to protect their asset of pitchers so they wouldn't get hurt, right? They can kind of catch their breath in the dugout between innings. So they were protecting their guys. And then once 2020 was over, okay, let's go back to normal because you know what? We're giving you guys a gift. As you just said, Nelson Cruz can only really play for 15 teams in MLB. They institute the universal DH. That's now 15 more teams. So you're creating new jobs. Those new jobs, of course, benefits the Players Association. And so it's frustrating to to have this kind of a situation where there's an obvious outcome that benefits everybody, including the fans, and yet... Major League Baseball, the Players Association, they're going to be bickering about this. You hear, if you want to jump in on this, I'd be curious to get your take when you have this situation. And again, we've, we've got a lockout going on. It's frustrating to begin with, but considering the fact that there are these obvious 
solutions, these obvious outcomes that benefit everybody and makes the game more enjoyable, like the universal DH. How frustrating is that to hear that they that may not necessarily be coming? The craziest thing to me, we have a little sport that's being played by two different rules in the same exact league. I cannot imagine that in any other league. I can't imagine soccer that doesn't have any red cards. I can't imagine football <laughs> that's only running the ball and you can't like it's just crazy to me that we have different rules for the same league, just different conferences. And like yeah. I, I'm all for the DH. I think the league should be like it should be one set of rules for everything. I get a lot of people like the way it was. But the game is changing. It doesn't have to evolve. You don't see football players playing with those leather helmets anymore. You're not going to see soccer players playing with them big cleats. It has to evolve for everybody to be a fair, equal field for everybody. Um, I'm all for the evolution. When you woke up this morning and you heard there was a lockout, I imagine maybe to a degree you're like, okay, that, that doesn't sound good. I don't necessarily know what it is. You did a little homework. You figured it out wait, there's, there's not going to be any baseball. We're not going to miss any games yet, right? There's no games that are on the table. But just still, that general injection of rumors and rumblings and all of that gone, wiped away when you woke up this morning. It sucks as a fan because I'm more of a fan than a reporter. I don't cover the Rockies. I'm not – like, I cheer for them because they're a great team. But even just thinking that in May, April, I might not be able to go to a game or even here comes February that it's kind of right between like the avalanche, the nuggets, things are really starting to get going. I can't even watch them like spring training. Um, the Raptors are getting started at the same time. So like, that's my one, my one, I'm wondering like, are other leagues going to benefit from this? Is it going to take away from like the MLB's projected like uh, money-making possibilities in the future? Cause let's say the MLS does grab some traction because there is no MLB. Does that help out other leagues around? Like, does that mean like uh, hockey, soccer, and baseball get a little bit more attention than usual? Yeah, I could see that. Certainly, the financial part. No, I know you. Again, you've got your, you got your hand in all these different pies. You're just curious about everything. You're you're a student of the game, <laughs> quite literally. Hey, jersey sales, right? Think about how many people. You know, again, Rangers. They're probably going to sell a good amount of Seager and Simeon jerseys for the holiday, right? They got a brand new stadium, so people are already, there's a buzz going on right now in Arlington. There's free agents out there who just, there won't be a jersey for them for fans to buy. And there's going to be other fans that say, you know what, it, I think it's time to maybe get a Marquez jersey because the rotation, he's now the guy. John Gray has moved on. I want to get a Marquez jersey. What's going on with this lockout? And Dick Monfort is, is in the middle of this as one of the guys in the, in the labor committee, because yep. he is, he, he, you're going to be seeing his name. He is a big part of this, believe it or not, uh, representing the owners as part of the, the labor uh, policy committee. You go, you know what? I'm going to hold off. And maybe, maybe I do get a Rapids jersey or, you know, Justin Simmons shirt from dnvrlocker.com, whatever it is. So there is a financial component that MLB will be losing out, a lot less so than during the season, but they still may take a little bit of a hit. And the thing is, too, that they already took a hit during the pandemic. So now they're taking another hit. And they know, from assuming that they learn from history, which sometimes I, I don't think they do. But if, if, that's big if, they learn from history, they see that in the last work stoppage now, granted that lasted a long time, but they had a 20% drop in attendance. For example, for the Rockies, in 94... They played 117 total games, so I, I don't know the exact number they played at Coors Field or at Mile High, but before Coors Field. But at Mile High, they assuming they played half those games, they had an attendance of 3.28 million. They had 100,000 more fans in 1995, but they played in they played a total of 30 more games, roughly. So they were on pace. They were on pace to break that 93 record at mile high. They were actually more fans. And to your point. So again, you, you look at that per game average, it took a dip and Oh, what else happened in 1995 brand new facility opened up on the corner of 20th and Blake. And so, yeah, that, that's a dip. That's a, that's, that's going to give them a financial hit. And not to mention too, in 94, they didn't have a playoff team In 95. They did have a playoff team. So 
are you gonna in theory without the strike you should think oh okay our team now has bill swift and larry walker mind you bill swift i believe in 93 i think he came in second in the nl cy young award voting i'd have to double check on that but he he was a very good pitcher and yeah it was second second in 93 so in theory there should be more people going to the games where they weren't and also too the rockies were nowhere near the worst team in that aspect i mean they were teams like the pirates and the expos and the Royals, where they weren't in contention, so they just saw their attendance numbers just absolutely drop through the basement. So, But the average was 20%. So MLB knows this, or they should know it. So if it, especially if it lasts a long time, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be something that's a serious problem for them moving forward. If they don't resolve things, I would say probably by sometime in January. Yeah. You, you hear, you hear mention it. Like there are these deadlines essentially like, Hey, if I start missing spring training games, it's going to suck. So, you know, that, that could be January, February 1st. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the owners say, all right, the players think it's February 1st, but for us, it's going to be March 1st. And so, that that kind of deadline or artificial whatever it may be is is going to be a critical part of when we get this deal done and so uh there won't be news we'll we'll have plenty of fun we'll we'll have noah back we'll have a fun little round table we got to get you and kevin together in the same place at the same time i'll let you guys team up on me it's it's fine i mean it it's kind of weird because i mean i've worked with him for four years now and the first time i met him in person was this year. And the thing is, especially with some of my other co-workers and other people and fan sided, since we're covering different teams and we're all over the place, as some of like for example, the guy who runs Call to the Pen with Kevin, he said and he lives in Vermont and he's like, Yeah, I've been with fan sided for like eight years now and I've never met anybody that works for the company in person. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that that's really interesting. That's and the that's, society that's we live in. Power now, of right? the internet. It is. It is. Yeah. So we've got plenty more that that we're going to be getting to next week, and we'll we'll have our our guy Noah on. We didn't even get into what it means for the postseason if it goes from twelve to fourteen teams. What are the financial implications of that? Sure, Major League Baseball makes more money, but does that de incentivize teams to go out and be good? Because now maybe just stick around five hundred. So why sign someone? Well. We'll get to that. Does, do players become free agents at 29 and a half? Will we use wins above replacement to determine arbitration salaries? Is there going to be a salary floor where teams have to spend money? If they don't, there's going to be a tax. We got all off season long. And in fact, we don't even know how long the off season is going to be. So yeah. we'll get to all that and we'll have fun. We'll, we'll do some good trivia. You know, no, if he's dropping, you know, Bill Swift, Swift references. And Mike ooh, Bordick too. And Mike Bordick. Forgot to give you credit for the Mike Bordick reference. Did love that. Hey, you had a Ryan Minor reference, so I did. Thank you. I, I I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I haven't gotten to the Ryan Minor portion of the the Rumor podcast. Did you see that? By the way, <laughs> have you heard of this? The Rumor podcast. I, I have heard of it. I I did not realize that they talked about Ryan Minor. Well, I I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. Is oh, what I okay. mean to say. So for anyone who doesn't know, there's. Uh, an interesting podcast out there. I, I think I only got through the first episode. They're, these guys are taking it pretty seriously. It's very NPR-esque, but essentially that a rumor exists that Cal Ripken's streak was nearly broken. And instead of the, the streak being ended, what actually happened was the power went out at Camden Yards one day. Why did that happen? Well, maybe some things happened behind the scenes and Cal wasn't at the ballpark. He went to go back home. Maybe he saw some stuff. Maybe he injured himself and said scuffle. Who was the person at the house? I, I don't know if this actually happened or not, but man, it makes for a good story. and It makes for a pretty decent podcast too. So check that Which one out. Which is the I bigger guess. conspiracy theory? The lights going, on, uh, going out at Camden Yards or the JFK assassination? The world may never know. 
which is the big if you're saying which one is the bigger <laughs> rumor or, or which one is the bigger conspiracy theory they, they they shut off the lights on purpose well the more important one is the camden yards one i mean let's yeah come on. this I mean, is a baseball podcast I, I i think we're in agreement here so. I, i'm more concerned about an rfk conspiracy just because you know what a baseball team actually played in a stadium with his initials whereas jfk True. not so much although <laughs> he did have a relationship with joe dimaggio's wife so i'm back in on jfk i i I can't really pick either way, but I mean, it, it is a, a very tough decision, which yeah. is the bigger conspiracy theory. And, and the whole JFK uh, thing, you know, ties in really well when you think about the actor, Kevin Bacon and the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, we may have to do a game like that where I, I give you a random topic like Easter egg and you got to, you got to find a connection between Easter egg and something to do with baseball and you get bonus points. If you can do it with the Rockies, I've already figured it out. Dinger was ultimately hatched from an Easter egg. So you know what? I've, I'm winning my own game. I ask the questions and I answer them. I'm the worst host ever. Now, if we do have an off season that ends up cutting into the season, I mean, we might be at that point of, okay, let's connect Kevin Bacon to Dinger. We may have to do it. We may. And we could, instead of saying six degrees of Kevin Bacon, I think it should be six degrees of Jolice Chaikin. Or also known (laughs) by Thomas Harding, our friend at MLB.com, Julius Chaikin. Does he actually say Julius Chaikin? Yeah. And I I asked him, I said, have you ever accidentally called him that in front of him? He's like, I don't know. Probably. (laughs) He probably has. He probably has. All right. So we could say Julius Chaikin. We might, we may have to owe uh, owe some, some rights to, uh, to Thomas there for that, but six degrees of Julius Chaikin make a connection. We might even have to just use him. Babe Ruth to Julius Chessin, make it happen. There's a website for that too. Did you know that? I have. Yeah. I I think it's called the Oracle of Babe Ruth. I I think it might even be called that. You can type in two random players and you can actually find the connection. Look, people are still watching this live. So this is still compelling content, Noah. (laughs) We'll see how long we can get this to run. In fact, you can ask us a question right now. If you're watching live on YouTube, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and see if we can figure out and connect a player to Babe Ruth or connect a player to to Jolie's Chassin. I'm going to try Babe Ruth to Shohei Otani. It's actually on baseball reference. And uh, how connected is Babe Ruth? That's the Oracle of Kevin Bacon was a website that was created for exactly this. So I imagine it was the same thing, but not exactly. So Babe Ruth. Jolie's Chassin, one click away. All I right. can connect because uh, what they do is they have them by the different steps, and there are current MLB players that are connected to Babe Ruth. Like, for example, Garrett Crochet of the White Sox. He was connected with Ross Detweiler on the 2020 White Sox. Detweiler played with Pudge Rodriguez on the uh, 2011 Nationals who played with Brian Downing on the 91 Rangers, who played with Minnie Minoso on the 76 White Sox, who played with the uh, Joe Gordon of the 49 Yankees, uh, 49 Indians, who played with Lou Gehrig on the 39 Yankees, who played with Babe Ruth. So that wasn't six, though. That was a little That's bit more. I- I'm fine with that. That but was interesting. Steps. All right, Joe, we've got Jolie's Chassin. We've got... We've got six steps, and we're going to use Mini Minoso too, but we're going to get to Babe Ruth a different way. All right, Jolie's Chassin was a member of the 2012 Rockies with Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer played with Babe Ruth, and that's the end of our show. <laughs> Thank no, no. You, it's believable, maybe. You go, oh, he was a bat boy. He was a bat boy for the 27 Yankees. No, Jamie Moyer played with Goose Gossage on the 88 Cubs. Gossage played with Minnie Minoso on the 76 White Sox. Minnie Minoso does a lot of heavy lifting since he played in five different eras, came back as like a 50-year-old. So uh, that's a story for another day. Bert Haas on the 51 White Sox. Wait Hoyt, the 38 Brooklyn Dodgers, Babe Ruth's final season. And Wait Hoyt, or rather, Haas and Hoyt played together on the 38 Dodgers. But Wait Hoyt and Babe Ruth on the 1926 New York Yankees. So it's possible. I have another Hall of Famer with the person known as Julius Chaikin as well. And that is he played 
on the 2012 Rockies with Will Nieves, okay. who played with Al Leiter on the 05 Yankees, who played with Tommy John on the 88 Yankees, who played with Smokey Burgess on the 66 White Sox, who played with Bob Muncrief of the 1949 Cubs, who played with Rogers Hornsby on the 37 St. Louis Browns. And that the is Raja. degrees too. The Raja, Rogers Hornsby. Well, so that, we're, we're going to have some fun with that. We, uh, we may have to do an entire week. You know, what? we'll just, we'll just live stream for five hours. I'll just cut them up at the one hour mark, put them out. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I clocked in, clocked out. That's my work for the week, but no, we're, we're of course not going to do that, but we're going to have fun this off season. We'll still figure out some great ways. Make sure you're going over to rocks pile uh, to check out. You can follow them at rocks pile FS. They've, they've got some, Fantastic articles. You did a good job, Noah, plugging away mid-conversation uh, about a lot of things. And your article about Michael Conforto is a, is a good one because it's still applicable. It's still out there. He's still a guy who's a free agent that would uh, do well in the Rockies lineup and not entirely break the bank. It could allow the, the Rockies to get Conforto and another bat in the outfield. So check out that article on Rockspile. Anything else coming up in the next week that maybe you want to plug in and tell people to keep their eye out for? Um, the main thing I would say is uh, I, I don't have anything in particular that I have coming out, but I would say that if you do have any questions about the um, about the lockout and some of the history of the lockout, I had an article on Call to the Pen about it, and it is your FAQ guide to some of the lockout stuff and the history. And I delve into a little bit of the 94-95 uh, strike of why that happened and why both sides essentially were pissed at the time. And it MLB didn't have a commissioner at the time. Um, and I have a connection with Andre Dawson in it as well. You might know the story of the blank check to the Cubs. I do. I vaguely remember about that. I didn't realize it was around the player strike. Also got a, you got to check out uh, a Dave Winfield trade where he went from Minnesota to Cleveland, Cleveland for and, dinner. And uh, yeah. And, and basically he went for, for, for the cost of a dinner. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland picked up the tab on, on Minnesota's dinner. And, uh, and, and that's it. He wasn't traded for a plate of name later or a, a bag of balls. He was traded for a night out on the town. So with Andre Dawson though, it was, it was an 87, but, the owners were still mad because the owners colluded essentially to keep the price for players down. So he had to take a 50% pay cut and he wanted to play for the Cubs. So he showed up with his agents and to then Cubs GM Dallas green and said, here, here's a check, sign it, put whatever you want on there. I want to play for you guys. So he took a 50% pay cut and he won the MVP award. Put so. your money where your mouth is. Yeah, there's a lot of history between the players and owners, and a lot of the owners are are still there. And uh, it's billionaires against millionaires. It's not going to be pretty, but we'll keep you in the know here uh, at DNVR Rockies or at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. I'm at Patrick D Lions. Make sure you're following Noah, Kevin, and the whole crew at Rocks Pile at Rocks Pile FS for DNVR Sports. He's Noah. I'm Patrick. Thanks for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast.